Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 335 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Psalm 139 and Psalm 140 today and our focus is on is their knowledge and understanding of God too great for us to comprehend? Plus, where was I before I was born or did I exist before I was born? So those are some big topics. We better get started, but I do need to welcome some new listeners from Phnom Penh, Cambodia, Western Cape, South Africa, Kiev, Ukraine, Madrid, Spain, Tokyo, Japan, Bavaria, Germany, Quebec, Canada, Nova Scotia, Canada, parts unknown, Nepal, Bihar, India, Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Hartford, Connecticut, Salinas, California, New York, New York, Richmond, Virginia, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Bakersfield, California, Panama City, Florida, San Diego, California, and Traverse City, Michigan. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for those of you who've told a friend and invited them to listen. We do have a website. It's Bible. 2021.com. That's B-I-B-L-E 2021.com. Every episode of the show has its own webpage uh, blog entry with a full transcript of basically everything I say and even the verses we read. So our primary focus today is going to be on Psalm 139. I do need to say that there are very few better or more powerful prayers to pray When you or I are in trouble, then Psalm 140, what a powerful appeal to God for protection and justice, the punishment of evil and the violent. And I particularly really love verses seven and eight, which says, Lord, my Lord, my strong savior, you shield my head on the day of battle. Lord, do not grant the desires of the wicked. Do not let them achieve their goals. Otherwise, they will become proud. Wonderful. Well, hey, let's go ahead and read both of our Psalms, and then we're going to discuss Psalm 139 in a little bit more depth. Psalm 139, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shoal, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. God, if only you would kill the wicked. You bloodthirsty men, stay away from me, who invoke you deceitfully. Your enemies swear by you falsely. Lord, 
Don't I hate those who hate you and detest those who rebel against you? I hate them with extreme hatred. I consider them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Psalm 140, a prayer for rescue. For the choir director, a psalm of David. Rescue me, Lord, from evil men. Keep me safe from violent men who plan evil in their hearts. They stir up wars all day long. They make make their tongues as sharp as a snake's bite. Vipers' venom is under their lips. Selah. Protect me, Lord, from the power of the wicked. Keep me safe from violent men who plan to make me stumble. The proud hide a trap with ropes for me. They spread a net along the path and set snares for me. Selah. I say to the Lord, you are my God. Listen, Lord, to my cry for help. Lord, my Lord, my strong Savior, you shield my head on the day of battle. Lord, do not grant the desire of the wicked. Do not let them achieve their goals. Otherwise, they will become proud. Selah. When those who surround me rise up, may the trouble their lips cause overwhelm them. Let hot coals fall on them. Let them be thrown into the fire, into the abyss, never again to rise. Do not let a slanderer stay in the land. Let evil relentlessly hunt down a violent man. I know that the Lord upholds the just cause of the poor, justice for the needy. Surely the righteous will praise your name. The upright will live in your presence. Amen. So let's begin today with a bit of an esoteric and strange topic, because I'll be honest, a verse in today's reading has given me pause and consumed like a lot of my time tonight researching it. I, I know I've read this verse before, Psalm one thirty nine fifteen, but I apparently have never thought about it too deeply until today. And once I did, I can say that it is quite the head scratcher. It reads, my bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, When I was formed in the depths of the earth. Well, if I had a record scratch sound effect here, David, I would put it, what do you mean I was formed in the depths of the earth? Well, let's read it in a different translation. Surely this is just a Christian Standard Bible translation issue here. The King James Version says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. What? That doesn't make it any clearer. That may even make it more mysterious. How about the good old NASB? Maybe the most literal of our common translations. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. So, what in tarnation does all that mean? How in the world was David, and, you know, we presumably, formed in the depths of the earth? Well, let me tell you something, friends. The commentators and scholars are really quite divided on this passage, if they discuss it at all. Basically, as near as I can tell, there's two different viewpoints. One, David is being symbolic. Two, David is being literal and saying something strange. Uh, For instance, Dr. Patrick Boylan was a scholar who uh, wrote in the early 1900s, had several of his books printed by Oxford University, a Hebraicist and uh, well thought of. He writes about this passage. The place where the psalmist's being began was as dark as the netherworld. The darkness amid which a man's life begins is like that in which it ends. There is no reference here to sort of a divine laboratory or factory in the depths of the earth, nor is there, as some recent writers fancy, 
a suggestion here of the idea of Mother Earth. The hidden place of the first half of the verse is paralleled by the depths of the earth as another hidden place, and the reference in both is to the mother's womb as the dark place of origin of men. So, in other words, according to Dr. Boylan, David is just being poetic here. Depths of the earth simply means, you know, your mother's womb. Yeah, maybe, I guess. That's certainly the most rational possibility for this verse, but uh, is it's a little bit of poetic license, isn't it? I mean, uh, there doesn't seem to be a clue here that David is being quite that poetic. But on the other hand, Hebraic scholar Dr. Mitchell de Hood, uh, who uh, taught in Rome for years uh, at the one of the ancient Near Eastern institutes there, just flat out goes for it all and does so in the most scholarly way possible. This is in his book of the Psalms, uh, volume 3, uh, introduction, translation, and notes with an appendix, The Grammar of the Psalter. Uh, this was published by Yale University as part of the Anchor Yale Bible, which means it's uh, heavy-hitting uh, scholarly-wise. He says, examining the translation of Tatiot Ares in Psalm 63.10 effectively rules out the exegesis of this expression as figurative language for the womb. This Definition and the identification of Most High in verse 14 relate this passage back to Psalm 86.13, which says, Since your love is great, O Most High, you will rescue me from deepest shale. Certain commentators deny the concept of the creation of the substance of the human body in shoal, the abode of the dead beneath the earth. Such a concept would imply pre-existence a thought elsewhere unknown to the Old Testament, according to these expositors, and improbable in itself, but an impressive number of texts take for granted that man originated and pre-existed in the netherworld. And he lists a bunch of those texts, and I've included them in the notes on Bible2021.com. It includes uh, passages in Genesis and Psalms and Ecclesiastic and Job, and also one of the apocryphal books, Ecclesiasticus. So basically what Dr. DeHood is saying here is that this verse means that humans pre-existed somehow, some way, before conception in their mother's womb. Have you ever thought about the possibility of pre-existence? Did you or I somehow, some way, exist before conception? Well, here's a bit of a shocker. I would say the answer is most certainly yes, at least in a sense, because of what verse 16 says, which reads, Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and plan before a single one of them began. Or how about verses 3 through 5? You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. So, hey, God knows what we're going to say before we say it. All of our days are planned before they began or even before we were born. God saw us when we were formless. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's mind-blowing and staggering for God to know us before we were born and for him to see us when we were formless. You know, does that mean that we were something before we were born? 
Did our soul somehow exist before our body existed? Or was God either looking into the future and seeing us just as clear as anybody sees anything in the present? Or yet another option, does God somehow exist outside of time and sees all things simultaneously? Is that making your brain hurt? I think I'm making my brain hurt. I'll be honest with you. I don't know the answers to any of these questions. They're just big. So I'm going to go ahead and go right along with what David says in verse 5 and make it my confession on these matters. He says, This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Or maybe the New Testament corollary or near corollary. Paul writes in Romans 11.33, Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. Well, I have most certainly waded into water way too deep for me. Uh, and let's, let's do this. Instead of drowning, let's turn everything over to our old pal Charles Spurgeon to end the podcast and help us out of here. He writes this, commenting on verses five and six of this psalm. Thou hast beset me behind and before, as though we were caught in some sort of divine ambush or besieged by an army, we are surrounded by the Lord. Behind us there is God recording our sins or in grace blotting out the remembrance of them, and before us there is God foreknowing all our deeds and providing for all of our wants." Lest we should imagine that the surrounding presence of God is a distant one, it is added, he lays his hand upon me. The prisoner marches along surrounded by a guard and gripped by an officer. God is very near. We are holy in his power. From that power, there is no escape. It is not said that God will thus beset us and arrest us, but it is done. Thou hast beset us. Shall we not alter the figure and say that our heavenly Father has rather folded his arms around us and caressed us with his hand? Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot grasp it. I can hardly endure to think about it. The theme overwhelms me. I am amazed and astounded at it. Such knowledge not only surpasses my comprehension, says Spurgeon, but it's even beyond my imagination. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. This truth seems to always be above me, even when I soar in spiritual thought. Is it not so with every attribute of God? Can we attain any idea of his power, his wisdom, his holiness, his love? Our mind has no line with which to measure the infinite. I like that sentence. Let's read it again. Our mind has no line with which to measure the infinite. Absolutely. Look, sometimes we cover some questions in the Word of God and in our life that it's just beyond us because, quite frankly, God is beyond us, and I'm glad He is in control of our future and our past and our present. Well, let's close with a brand new verse of the month for the month of December. It is Revelation 5, verse 12, one of the great worship hymns in the Bible to Jesus. And Revelation 5, 12, this is what it says. We're going to say it every day, Lord willing, through all of December. They said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who is slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. He is worthy. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.